What's going on, guys? You are listening to Week 21 of the Playbook with Joey and Zach on WZBC AM Sports Radio. This is the final week of the semester, which is hard to believe, um, but we really do appreciate every single one of you that took the time to listen to our show week in and week out. Um, it means the world to me, and I can't thank you enough. Uh, thank you so much for listening in, calling in, uh, texting me your thoughts after the show, during the show, uh, before the show. I wouldn't have been able to do it without you. Um, and speaking for me and Zach, we really do appreciate it. So thank you guys so much. Um, we couldn't have done this show uh, without you. So truly, thank you guys for listening in. Thank you for listening on Spotify, YouTube, listening in live. Uh, it really does mean the world to us. Uh, to start the episode, I'm going to break down uh, the last week or so in Boston sports by beginning uh, with the Celtics-Bucks series with Zach calling in um, and move on to the Celtics, excuse me, the Bruins and Hurricanes series. Uh, after that, I will touch upon uh, Stellweg and softball very briefly. We had a tough game on Monday night. Uh, and then get into the Red Sox, who finally won a game last night. Uh, big win for them. Uh, after that, I'll dive into the world of college baseball. I have a very special guest coming on to the end um, who I'm very fortunate um, to have be able to bring onto the show, um, and that's Rob DiLoretto, the head coach uh, at Everett High for Everett High Football. Um, he is going to come on and talk about Northeastern baseball and how the offseason has gone for the Everett High football team. Uh, it truly is a pleasure being able to talk to him every single Northeastern baseball game. His son, Corey DiLoretto, I've talked about a ton um, on this show since I'm a big fan of him. Uh, everyone, I'm sure, knows I'm a big fan of Northeastern baseball as well. Um, being able to have him come on and talk about Everett High football and Northeastern uh, baseball truly is a pleasure, and he actually has a couple of kids that are committed to BC for football. So we'll bring him in, hear his input, uh, see what he thinks of the upcoming season for Everett High football and what he thinks of the recruits uh, that BC is bringing in. Um, and then also talk, talk about Northeastern baseball. They have a big series this coming weekend um, against UNCW, North Carolina, Wilmington at home. Uh, Northeastern had a big win last night, actually, against UConn at UConn. UConn was number eight slash number 13 uh, in the country ranked. So Northeastern, again, that win is huge. Um, so let's see. I'm going to call Zach right now, see if we can get him on, uh, talk about the Celtics. Celtics, obviously, got a big game tonight starting uh, right about now. Uh, Celtics going in. Now it's 2-2. Uh, big game five matchup. Game three, obviously, was a tough loss. The Celtics, they were right in it. They were right there. Uh, game four. Monday night, big win, 106, uh, 116, 108, excuse me. Uh, let's see if we can get Zach on. What's going on, Zach? How are we doing? Hey, what's going on, everyone? Uh, sorry about not being on the show tonight in person, uh, but I said to get this uh, Celtics talk. They use that tomorrow morning, so uh, you want to get into it, Celtics? Yeah, so last time we were on the show, um, it was a 1-1 series, obviously. I had the Celtics winning in seven. Uh, my prediction is going to stay the same. Um, I think this will keep going back and forth. Obviously, tonight's a big game, but I see they're still going in seven. You you had them in six, right, or five? Yeah, I had them originally in six and went back to five, uh, but I'm keeping it in six. That's the way we look right now. Uh, even without Rob Williams, that was an uh, unreal win on Monday night, uh, two nights ago, um, everyone played great. Obviously, Horford stepped up big time. I don't really expect to see that kind of performance again. Um, but it was a really slow uh, start again from you know, guys at Tatum. I thought uh, we were down something like eight points at the end of the first uh, slow start. Um, but that being said, I mean, we still pulled out an unbelievable second half, unbelievable fourth quarter. Uh, I think it's just a huge confidence booster for the team. And um, I just don't think the Bucks have enough scores when it comes to the late game situations. I mean, you tell the way we made that run at the end of the game. It's really just Giannis that can create his own shots in that team. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, game three... Game three, obviously we lost by two points. It's impressive to only lose by two, and Tatum went four of 19 from the field, 0 of 6 from three. He only had 10 points, obviously three assists and a rebound. Horvath actually had a really good game three. Um, he almost hit the game-tying uh, layup, the buzzer beater. He almost had it. was on his hand still, but it was very close. 
Oh, he has been. He finished that game with 22 points, 16 rebounds, five assists, and two blocks. Um, and then, obviously, the Celtics had a couple uh, controversial calls. Obviously, Marcus Smart was fouled shooting the three. It could have been. They counted it on the floor. He got two shots out of it. Yeah, I didn't mind that at all. Um, he perfectly executed it, though. Yeah, perfect missed free throw at the end. I mean, we had two or three chances that kept it at the end, too. So, I mean, can't be too upset about it. The foul was very frustrating. Uh, I definitely thought that should have been three free throws. Yeah, I mean, he still he executed very well off the miss, you know, that second free throw, and he got the rebound. Obviously, gave the Celtics a chance to win uh, when you know yeah, typically there's not much of a chance there. Um, but controversial goaltending call too, non-goaltending call, I should say, um, against Giannis. Yeah, um, that Tatum flew. That was ridiculous. Too. I mean, the ball was clearly going down. Um, I thought you may should have challenged that. Yeah, it's interesting he didn't. Um, I guess he just believed on the floor it was going to stay the call. I mean, Giannis typically will get the call anyways, um, especially since he had a really good game that game. Yeah. That was on him, no call against him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he'll get his call, especially since he had 42 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, was unstoppable driving to the basket. Um, they're going to give him the call any day, kind of like they'd give LeBron the call. So that's probably why eBay didn't challenge it at the end of the day. And yeah, there's really no one that can match up with them one-on-one. I mean, you got either Horford and Grant Williams who can give him a solid run and actually, you know, get in his way of shots. But there's no way, like, there's no one in the league generally guarding one-on-one for you know, every position. Yeah. Um, but how about Horford, though, keeping him in last game? Then Giannis dunked on him. Horford got pissed off, came back. Next quarter, comes back, dunks on Giannis and won. That was awesome. That fired me up. Horford was screaming. Got attacked, but it was worth it. Yeah, I mean, that's the fire they need. The Celtics needed that. Obviously, Horford had the game of his playoff game of his life. It took him 131 playoff games to score 30 points in a single game. He did it, obviously, on Monday night, 11-14 from the field, 5-7 from three, which was huge, eight rebounds, 30 points. Um, that's kind of what the Celtics needed off the off a, off a tough, you know, series. Off a tough, excuse me, not series, a tough game three. Coming into game four, the Celtics needed that fire. Obviously, Tatum recovered very well. Um, last game went 11-24. Yeah, 30 points, 11 of 24 from the field. Horford was much more efficient, though, 11 of, 20, of 14, 5 of 7 from 3, um, 30 points for each of them, though. Celtics needed that. Big game 5 tonight. Oh, yeah, again, though, Tatum had a pretty slow start, so. Yeah, first half. He can start hot and just, you know, play his, like his usual stuff. Because it was really just the fourth quarter last game that he really turned it on. He had an unbelievable run, hitting that three-pointer. And I think it was Drew Holiday's face. Had that one crazy layup where he was falling to the floor. Had another layup crunch time. I mean, he really carried us in that little run we had at the end of the last four or five minutes. Uh, so, it'd be nice if he can start hot, but, I mean, hey, we'll take his points when we can get him. Definitely. I mean, I think the Celtics got to keep forcing Giannis to shoot threes. He was one of six from three in game three. Uh, yeah, he's been horrendous. You got to let him shoot threes. Um, him driving the basket, though. Behind 15 feet from the paint. Yeah, he's really he unstoppable to the, to the paint, though. Can't really cover yeah, him there. That's the biggest issue. I think we're starting to figure out a little bit better defensively, though, um, in terms of rotation and doubling them at the right times, uh, especially in the paint. Uh, we look like we understand how to play against the Bucs a lot better. Offensively, too, we're finding the right spots, getting good looks and shots. Um, I think that was the biggest issue for us, especially game one coming uh, from you know playing a team like the Nets that really has no defense and no depth. Yeah. And that was a major adjustment. Going to play the Bucs, arguably, behind the Celtics, the best defensive team in the league. Um very big, very physical. Um, athletic, just like us. So, absolutely. Um, much tougher matchup, but I think we're starting to figure it out. No Rob Williams tonight again. Tough loss. Obviously, we won last game without him. Similar to the Bruins, no McAvoy. 
Uh, still won a big game without him. Then McAvoy returned. Bruins obviously had a tough one. So hopefully tonight, the Celtics get another win without Rob. Um, it's tough get you know winning. Yeah, I mean the Celtics and the Bruins both won. You know McAvoy without McAvoy, the Bruins won a game. McAvoy came back, then they lost. But uh, losing Rob Williams another game, you'd always rather them out there than not have him. Uh, so it's tough not to have him again. But hopefully we can win uh, without him. Yeah, give us an extra big body that can really play guard guys like Giannis too, especially in the paint. Get physical. I mean, it's really just Grant, Al, and Rob Williams. So uh, now we're just done with Grant, Al guys like you know big guys that can actually play defense on Giannis and hang with him. Um, so obviously it hurts a little bit. They just kind of stay out of foul trouble there too, Grant now, um, which they've done a solid job of so far this series. Grant obviously getting a couple calls going his way. That I thought a couple were unfair. I think it was game three. He might have finished with five fouls. Yeah, um, physical. Yeah, he does play extremely physical. I love his defense. I love his energy. Uh, he's been key. So I, I really hope to see him get the start not against tonight. I think it worked out well last game uh, in place of Rob Williams. And I mean, if it's not broke, I fix it. Yeah. Him and Horford in the paint are solid next to each other too. So. Yeah, big game. Big game tonight. Um, I think I think it's going seven, so uh, no matter which way, where to, you know, whoever were to win, I think the other team wins game six, and then game seven uh, will be a big game, obviously, um, if it were to go to seven. Celtics obviously would be in Boston, Absolutely. too. So that would be huge. Yeah, that would be huge. Yeah, my prediction, I'm keeping Celtics at six. I got them going to get a close win tonight, but I think they're going to start a little bit hotter tonight uh, and just kind of maintain a small lead and never look back. I got the win by about ten. Uh, and then... Game six, and then it's going to be a nail-biter right down to the wire, and then Celtics are just going to play like they have in the fourth quarter of the second half of the season, just uh, make a little run, get the lead late in the game, and hang on and win by four. So All right. it's going to be close either way, next two games. Uh, but I got the Celtics win the next two straight and going on to the ECF. All right. I like it. All right. Anything else you want to add in? I like it. Uh, I think. Nothing new. I mean, the Warriors still look great. I, they're my pick out of the West. Uh, Jordan Poole's been unbelievable. Curry, Clay Thompson. They're just unstoppable. Um, I don't know if there's any team in the West that's a match for them. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Heat Sixers, too. I really like the way the Sixers left in Game 3 and Game 4, but last night was just awful. Uh, everyone seemed super sluggish out there, but they didn't even want to win. Uh, Harden was off after having a good Game 4. Embiid did not play well. Um, so I think it's going to be tough for them to rebound from that. And, you know, come back and win that series. I originally said that Philly was going to win that series in seven. Um, and now it's looking like the Heat being up 3-2, they're going to take it. Maybe in six if the Sixers keep playing like that. So we'll see what happens. Uh, definitely looking forward to Celtics game tonight, though. Yeah, Anyone big game. Uh, I'd say, I think, as I said, I think it's going seven games. I did have the Warriors originally winning the West, um, so I'll stay with them. Um, I did have the Bucks Celts. I mean, the Bucks and the Warriors were my original uh, finals matchup. I think I had the Bucks and six or something like that, if I remember right. Um, obviously, I have the Celts winning this series now, so that changes. Um, but yeah, I think the Warriors still win the West. Uh, they're looking good. Um, and then obviously, I like the Sixes all year. Actually, I'm a big Embiid guy, um, so I wouldn't mind seeing them recover after a tough game last night. But uh, they played yeah, well in three and four. Yeah, I'd rather just watch a Philly Boston Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I think that'd be cool. You know, Celtics versus Embiid again. Get James Harden to the mix now too. I think that'd be a fun series to watch. Yeah, definitely, it would be. Obviously, superstars going at it. So, kind of, kind of like this series, superstars. Giannis, Tatum, obviously. So, add Embiid in there. It'd be interesting. But, yeah, Embiid and Harden. That'd be a good series. And I, I think the Celtics are better built to play a team like the Sixers, too. They're very top-heavy with guys like Embiid and Harden versus, you know, the Heat that have, you know, a solid rotation. They play really well together as a team. Yeah. I think we're more built to be, you know, teams that just stars. I mean, we saw that in that series. 
uh, you know, against a team that didn't have much depth. Philly doesn't really, their depth doesn't worry me much either. Um, you know, on my team that the Bucks and the Heat. Yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes. Anything else? Uh, I think that's it. I mean, yeah, big game tonight. Got the Celtics one of my 10. I can't wait. All right, hey, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Best luck with the exam. Right, I'll see you guys next week. Thank you. All right, there you have it. So you got our predictions for the Celtics game. Um, obviously, the Celtics got a big game tonight, game five. Um, 2-2 in the series. They recovered very well in game four, winning that by eight. Um, Jason Tatum obviously recovered, played very well, and then obviously Al Horford was the biggest story when we were just talking about. Um, so hopefully he, he stays hot. I don't see him going for 30 again, but hopefully it's another 20-point game, contributes to a big win. Uh, that's what the Celtics need. Um, so for the NBA awards, Ibe Udoka finished fourth in the coach of the year voting. Monty Williams actually won it. Phoenix, Suns head coach. Obviously the Suns had a great year. Um, they were favored to win the NBA Finals for most of the season uh, since they really stayed hot the whole regular season and uh, played really well. Uh, Tyron Liu, everyone knows me in the Clippers, finished sixth. Um, Should have finished higher in my opinion. Kawhi Leonard missed all 82 games. Norman Powell only played five games. Paul George missed 51 games. They somehow finished 42-40. and 40. Um, Still impressive for, uh, for a Clippers season without their three best players, realistically. And uh, Steve Ballmer, the Clippers owner, who I think, let me check right now, but I'm pretty sure he's the richest owner in the NBA by far. Um, there's no other owner that even compares. So obviously he pays for a team that can you know win a championship. Um, and I think next year that could be the team. Um, I mentioned it before, Sam Presti, the Oklahoma City Thunder GM, said before he thinks the Clippers can win not just one NBA title, but multiple. Um, and obviously the Clippers, with the star power they have, and obviously the bench, the depth they have is the best in the NBA. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they play next year. Robert Covington re-signed two-year deal, $24 million. Um, That was a steal. I think they got everyone locked up now for next year, except um, Zubats, uh, Amir Coffey, and Nick Batum. Batum was just on the Clippers' Instagram with Amir Coffey shooting threes or whatever, so I'd imagine both of them will re-sign and be back. So, Looking forward to seeing how the Clippers run it back next year. Excited to see how Tyron Luke uh, does um, as head coach next year with uh, hopefully Kawhi Leonard and Paul George healthy for the whole season. But obviously that's a big question mark. But I'm looking forward to see how they play. Big fan of how uh, they play, their style of play. And uh, proud of their season, 42-40 without you know their three best players. It's really impressive. Anyways, moving on. The Bruins, tough loss last night. Um, they've really struggled on the road. Uh, at home, they're 2-0, plus 5 uh, goal differential. Um, but on the road, 0-3 now. They've allowed five goals in all three away games, which is just ridiculous. Um, they have a minus 11 goal differential on the road um, in all three games uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina. So obviously the Bruins got to recover very well. Now their back's against the wall. They're down 3-2 in the series. They have to recover strong. Uh, this will be a big game, obviously, tomorrow night at home. Uh, going into it, uh, what the Bruins have to execute better at um, is the power play. Um, obviously at home, they've been great, 28.6%, which will be home tomorrow night, so that'll be huge. Um, but just 9.1% uh, power play percentage, uh, you know, scoring the power play on the road, which is awful. I mean, that they've got to be better than that. Obviously, they have the talent, the power to do that. Um, they just haven't done that, obviously, on the road. But now, with it being home, I see the Bruins winning tomorrow night. Um, they've actually killed 100% of the power plays. They have 100% penalty kill percentage um, at home right now. Uh, in this series, which is nuts, and then 76.5% on the road. Um, so obviously they have to recover well uh, tomorrow night, actually execute on the power plays, and obviously do well with the penalty killing, which they've been doing both. They've been great on the power play and the penalty kill at home. Hopefully they get that going again tomorrow night. 
Uh, game six, the Bruins need it. As I said, backs are against the wall. Uh, giving up five goals in all three away games, that just can't happen. Um, Swayman, you know, played really well um, in, what was it, game four, stopping 24 of 26 shots. Um, Brad Moshin was unreal. Two goals, three assists. He had five points. Uh, factor in Pasta, Bergey, Moshin. Uh, they're all psyched to be back together. Uh, that's the NHL's finest line. That's my sister and uh, my two sisters and Mike Curley used to call them the NHL's finest line, uh, which they are. Um, but that's the thing. Moshin, though, had an unreal game. Um, two goals, uh, three assists. That's huge. Um, in game four, we need that again. Uh, Poster had a goal and assist. Bergey had a goal and assist. DeBrusque had a goal and an assist. So that's two points with a goal and assist each for Pasta, Bergey, and DeBrusque. We need that again tomorrow night. Uh, tough game last night, obviously. Clifton was the Bruins' lone goal in the third period. Um, at least it wasn't a shout-out. Obviously, losing 5-1 is never great, but at least it wasn't a shout-out. Could be a lot uh, worse if you lose that game 5 to nothing. I think just grabbing a goal, at least, is a little bit of momentum, uh, at least knowing, you know, going into the next game, everything went wrong, but at least, you know, we got one on the board. Obviously, it's about winning and losing, don't get me wrong, but um, at least they got a goal. I think a shout-out uh, speaks a lot uh, worse than just scoring one goal would. Uh, in that away game. Uh, Seth Jarvis killed the Bruins uh, last night, had a deflection goal and a power play goal. Um, Swayman stopped 33 of 37 shots he faced, did surrender two power play goals, so hopefully we don't put him in that position uh, to allow um, you know five-on-four goals. That's what the Bruins can't let happen. Um, in game four and game three, the Bruins were elite at scoring on their own power plays. Um, they even had a five-on-three at one point and uh, scored actually um, two goals on that. I think it was in game four off the top of my head. So the Bruins need to stay hot at home, obviously, tomorrow night. Backs against the wall. Um, I know the sports guru, Mike Hurley, he'll be locked into the TV, hoping they can win that game for him. Um, I've been watching a lot of the NHL playoff games, uh, a lot of the NBA series, too. It's a lot of 2-2 series. Um, the Washington Capitals, obviously, had a tough third period, uh, tough last three minutes of that game. Uh, the other night, game four, it was um, – Washington lost in the last three minutes. He gave a goal to Florida to tie it, and then Florida scored in overtime. Um, I know ta I talked before about uh, my friend Ken, who's a big Washington Capitals fan. I did tell him I thought they could win a game or two. Still a couple games from the Panthers when he had the Panthers sweeping uh, sweeping the Capitals. The Capitals did obviously win game one, so there was no sweep allowed there. And uh, going into tomorrow night, it was tonight actually, is uh, game five. Big game tonight, so I'll be rooting for them for him. Uh, hopefully they can get a win for him. Anyways, moving on, Stellwag and softball. Tough loss on Monday night. Uh, the boys were missing Harry Braga because of the Celtics. Steve Abrams was out of the lineup and Matt out there at baseman. So uh, tough losing three starters, especially on a Monday night. It's tough to get a lot of momentum coming in off the weekend. Um, obviously, Kentucky Derby, a lot of the guys on the team had a big party for that. So um, they obviously had a big weekend. Tough to, tough game, you know, Monday night. Tough to start the week uh, with a tough loss to uh, one of the worst teams in the league. 15-5, to five, we lost. Tough game. But I'll say this, though. We were down 10-1 to one after the first two innings. What really killed us was the second inning. We gave up eight runs. Uh, that obviously can't happen. But in the last five innings of the game, we were only trailing 6-4 to four in the last five innings, um, if you only count near the third inning to the seventh inning. Uh, so we did close the game a lot stronger than we started. Um, Chris Mad Dog McKenna had a great offensive game. Uh, he had a single and a double. Hank... Uh, He's our second baseman, plays third base as well. Hank Masterflex uh, played third base in that game, had a huge triple. Um, Sean McKenna and I, uh, Sean was the leadoff hitter. I was the uh, number two hitter. Sean got on with a couple walks in the last two innings of the game. Um, I had a couple singles in my last two at-bats, so uh, we did finish the game hot uh, in the top of the order there. 
Um, we had a strong fifth inning where Dave McKenna, Davo, he's been hard at the plate all season. Davo, Sean, and I all start off the inning uh, getting on base. So his base is loaded, nobody out. And obviously Chris Mad Dog McKenna um, had a big RBI hit, uh, which his team needed, obviously. Um, I did like that order, though, where Dave was 10, Sean was 1, I was 2, Chris Mad Dog McKenna 3. I really liked that lineup a lot. Um, I think it worked. Uh, big game tomorrow night uh, for the boys. I believe it's a 6.30 game, and the Bruins will be on at 7. So obviously the boys will be hoping this game ends quickly uh, for Stellwagen so they can go home and watch the Bruins. Hopefully the Bruins get a big win. Uh, Thursday night softball games are always great, though. Hopefully we recover. It's going to be a warm night tomorrow night. Um, I don't think I'll be playing. Uh, I got a couple papers to write, unfortunately. I got an exam to do after this as well. So uh, obviously get got a busy week with finals. Tomorrow night will be 66, though. Um, for a high, which is great. And Saturday and Sunday will be 84, 82, uh, 80 on Monday. So the warm weather is coming. I think we're going to play a lot uh, better in the warm weather when we can use the new bat. Um, and obviously, if we get Steve, Matt, and Harry Braga back in the lineup, that'll be huge. Um, so looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully, we can recover well uh, tomorrow night. So moving on again, the Red Sox, 11 uh, 19 on the season. You never want to be 11 19, especially a team like the Red Sox that has more money than just about every team in the league. It spends more than every team except, you know, the Dodgers and the Yankees. Uh, with 3-7 and seven over our last 10 games, we did break up a five-game losing streak last night, 9-4 to four win uh, against the Braves in Atlanta. Huge. The Red Sox needed it. Alex Cora did shave his beard before the game. Uh, we did win, so maybe that's the luck we needed at the end of the day. Who knows? Obviously, got another big game tonight. Uh, hopefully, we can get another win and make it a two-game uh, win streak. Obviously, three games need for a win streak, but hopefully, we can keep adding on. Uh, two games behind Baltimore, actually, in the division uh, for fourth in the division. We're fifth right now, unfortunately. But that's not a great start to the year. When Baltimore's only spent $45 million on their payroll and the Red Sox spent around $200 million, that's just ridiculous if you're two games behind Baltimore. Baltimore's 13-17, and 17, the Red Sox 11-19. Um, I'm a big fan of Baltimore, actually, because I really do like Cedric Mullins. Um, he's a star. Uh, he's been hitting really well, actually, over the last few games. Um, speaking of players, I love Jazz Chisholm. He's been unreal. Second baseman, uh, Florida, Miami Marlins, excuse me, has the most swag in the MLB. Um, I'm a big fan of him, big fan of the way he plays. Um, right now, he's first in OPS, slugging percentage, average, RBIs. Tied the second. This was yesterday, last night. He had a home run today, so I don't know where he stands now. But before last night's game, he was first in OPS, slugging percentage, av batting average, RBIs, and triples uh, for the second base position. Um, and also was tied for second in home runs last night. He's probably first now, I'd imagine. Um, it's, I'd imagine now he's first. He has to be uh, maybe tied for first. But anyways, he's been great. Um, so my two favorite players there. I just wanted to highlight how great Jess Chisholm, Chisholm has been playing this year. He has six home runs. The Red Sox only have 17 as a team. Uh, you know, a 28th in the league right now in home runs. 29th in the league in stolen bases, only four. We're not an aggressive team. Um, and I've said before, stealing bases is a lost odd. Um I'll get into more of Stanley Bases later on. We talk about Northeastern Baseball in a few minutes, but they're the best team I've ever seen playing small ball, and it works uh, heavily to their advantage. I'll break it down a little of how it worked last night and last night's victory over UConn. Um, but anyways, the Red Sox made 28th in home runs and 29th in stolen bases. Um, stolen bases, obviously, I said, isn't a big thing in baseball anymore. Not many guys steal a lot of bases, um, but it definitely gives you an advantage if you can get a guy from first base to second base. You have a guy that can get you uh, – you know, a guy in scoring position definitely helps out, especially since we really only have Devis, Bogots, and Martinez, only three guys have been hitting uh, so far this season. Um, that's obviously been a struggle for the Red Sox, is just besides those three guys, we really haven't gotten much going on offense. Uh, Trevor Story did have a big uh, two RBI single last night. I think he finished the game uh, with a couple hits. That's huge for him to get some confidence back. 
Um, right now, though, it's not even pitching. You know, a 10th in the league um, with that pitching staff striking out 273 opposing batters. Really impressive, especially considering, you know, we haven't had Chris Sale, who's a, a strikeout king. Um, starting pitching hasn't been the problem over the last two weeks, really. Uh, before Sunday's game against the White Sox, the Red Sox starting pitching surrendered two runs or less in 14 of their last 16 games and had a 1.89 ERA in those 16 games. But their record overall was 3-13. and uh, and that obviously has to do with the bullpen. Uh, this comes from Brian Barrett of WEI. comes from a tweet of his. Um, in that 16-game stretch I just mentioned, uh, the Red Sox ERA for starting pitching was fourth in the MLB. They had the second-best whip in starting pitching with .84 in a 190 opposing batting average, which is great. Then you look at the bullpen over that 16-game stretch, 8.65 ERA, which is 30th, dead last in the MLB, with a 1.73 whip, 30th, dead last again in the MLB, with a 284 uh opponent batting average, and four blown saves, which, once again, last the MLB. I think the Red Sox have blown seven or eight saves this year, and it's only May 11th. That's ridiculous. Uh, hopefully, if we were to get some health back, if you were to get Paxton back and Chris Sale back, maybe Whitlock uh, can make his way back to the bullpen. I think he's a lot more valuable as a bullpen asset than he is a starting, pit, a starting pitcher because of how much the Red Sox have struggled in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. Obviously, Matt Bonds doesn't have it right now. He hasn't really had it all season. That's the issue. Um, and obviously, the Red Sox, after they paid him, He's been awful. They paid him you know, that big contract uh, right before the uh, All-Star break last year, and I think he has a 6.5 ERA. I'm talking about heading. It's a 6.5, 7.5 ERA, something ridiculous um, since he signed that contract. Um, but that's the issue. It really hasn't been uh, the starting pitching. It's been the bullpen. Obviously, offense has been a big issue as well. On Monday, uh, before Monday's game, uh, I think it was before Sunday's game, actually, the Red Sox were the only team in the MLB with three batters hitting over 290, and that was Devis, Bogats, and J.D., obviously. Um, Devis had a great game last night. Um, Devis, obviously, is the marquee player on the Red Sox. Xander Bogats as well. Um, those are two guys right there you're going to need big offensive numbers out of. Obviously, the Red Sox have two big decisions to make about what they're going to do with those two guys. Um, hopefully, I'd like to keep both. If you have to pick one, I'm keeping Devis. He's hit 315 on the year. Uh, was 2 of 4 last night with four RBIs, hit a home run, had a double. Um, and his OPS is 854. Martinez is an 830 OPS, and Bogus is an 880 OPS. Um, both of those guys, um, Devers and Bogats, I would love to keep both. Um, but it seems like, in my eyes, I think we're just going to keep Devers, and Bogats will be gone since we signed Story to that six year, $140 million contract. Um, that offensive trio, though, JD, Bogats, and Devers, has not been the issue all year. They've been hard all year and playing really well. Um, so hopefully the Red Sox wake up soon and get something going. Uh, being 11 and 19 at this point in the season, especially being a team like the Red Sox, who had a great season last year, uh, you can't start the season uh, that cold. I think if this continues, I think Alex Cora, I might be the only Red Sox fan that says this, I think Alex Cora could be out of Boston by July if this were to continue. That's my prediction right now. It's just how I feel, but we'll see. Um, speaking of baseball, I want to talk about uh, the LA Angels uh, real quick. Uh, last night, um, they had a no-hitter, actually, which... Uh, considering the fact that, you know, the Angels the past five years or so obviously they haven't made the playoffs, but their issue has been starting pitching. Uh, they haven't had that. Uh, obviously, Syndergaard uh, being uh, a free agent signing, that was a huge uh, signing for them. Otani staying healthy, that's huge. Mike Trout staying healthy, that's huge for the offense. Uh, but pitching has been the issue for them over the last five years. Um, and last night, Reed Detmers threw a no-hitter for the uh, Angels over the Rays, um, which is impressive considering, you know, the Rays lineup. Juan Franco, he's elite. I've talked about him a ton um, on this show. Uh, Detmers, though, played great. 
Um, I'll read you his final stat line. Nine innings, uh, two strikeouts, one walk. So one walk away uh, from a perfect game. I think they had an error also, the Angels. So um, still, though, impressive, though. 377 ERA in the year. Um, and I've obviously just showcased how great uh, Syndergaard has pitched this year. He's been great. Uh, Trout last night was unreal. Three of four, two home runs. Um, he's hit 337 on the year with a uh, with a 1.183 uh, OPS, 1100 OPS, which is nuts. Uh, that lineup's unreal. I'm a big fan of Trout, Otani, Rendon. Rendon hit a home run last night, lefty. His first at bat in the major leagues ever as a lefty. Hit a home run off Brett Phillips in, I believe, it was the eighth uh, eighth inning. It was bottom of the eighth. Um, really impressed to see uh, what the Angels have been doing this season. I know my brother Paul's a big uh, Mike Trout guy. I love Otani. I like Trout. I uh, love both of them. Very likable guys. Um, excited to see uh, where they go towards the end of the season. Obviously, when the season uh, keeps progressing, I hope they stay hot. So really quick before I get uh, Rob DiLoretto on. Uh, Northeastern Baseball took two or three of Hofstra this past weekend. Uh, Corey DiLoretto, uh, CAA Player of the Week. Four or five he was in Game 1 against Hofstra. Uh, three RBIs, three runs scored. Um, he had a home run, two doubles, and a single. Uh, he was a triple away from the cycle, which is stellar. Um, Northeastern really needed his bat back in the lineup. Uh, he missed, I believe it was eight games, uh, seven or eight games, I believe, maybe nine games with a hand injury. Uh, but he's been stellar, as I said, in his return. Um, he hit a towering uh, home run in the first inning of Friday's game, uh, followed it up with two RBI doubles to hit in Jeff Costello. Um, Costello was great, actually, in game one as well. He was three of five with an RBI double. Um, Northeastern, taking two or three from Hofstra was huge. Um, and then last night, big game against UConn. Uh, number eight slash 13 in the country, the 13th in the NCAA rankings. Um, they beat UConn last night, 9-4 to four, Northeastern. Did face UConn a couple weeks ago at home at a tough loss. Um, it was a very close game for most of it, and then UConn kind of just took away, uh, pulled away. Uh, but last night, Northeastern won 9-4 to four over UConn. Uh, they've won seven of eight, seven of their last eight games, which is, which is really impressive, especially since they haven't had Mike Sirota in those eight games. Um, their fifth win this season over, ranked, over a ranked opponent. Um, I've talked about it before, um, but they're very elite at using small ball to their advantage um, against bigger teams. They swept NC State uh, three games when NC State was number eight in the country earlier this season. Um, then they went to Clemson, and Clemson, I believe, was number 15 in the country. Um, and they were, Clemson, I think, was 13-0 and um, in Northeastern, handed them their first loss in, uh, of the season, uh, which, is, which is awesome considering Northeastern, small school on the East Coast, being able to go down south and beat teams like Clemson and NC State. That's unreal, especially considering the ACC in baseball this year has been elite. Um, Northeastern, though, yesterday beat UConn. UConn, as I said, was number eight, slash number 13 in the country. That's now five wins, though, against ranked opponents, which is unreal. I'm really proud of how great this team has played this year, especially considering the fact they didn't have Corey DiLoretto uh, with a tough injury. Um, he made a great diving play. I believe it was against William & Mary off the top of my head um, and hurt his hand um, about a month ago now, and then missed um, about eight games or so. Uh, Northeastern, I think, was three and five without him. Now in his return, I believe, like they're like seven and one. They're around there, seven and one in the last eight games, and I think he came back around that time. So uh, obviously, his effect in the lineup has been huge. Um, yesterday, small ball, as I said, really worked Northeastern's advantage. Um, Luke Mazik, uh, who has a seven-game hit streak right now, he's been playing great. Um, singled in Danny Cross in with two outs in the top of the eighth inning yesterday to give Northeastern an eight-four lead. Um, then um, he steals second base. Next pitch, a single to left field by Justin Bosland uh, for his fifth RBI of the game. It was Northeastern just plays perfect small ball. Uh, Mazik gets up with two outs, hits a guy in, 
Gets on first base, steals second. The next pitch, Bosland hits him in. That's just what Northeastern baseball is all about, is small ball. Mike Glavin has done great this year uh, with really finding ways to get runs um, and, and get guys across home plate, whether it's bunting, uh, sacrifice flies, uh, stealing bases. Uh, they do it all, and I'm really proud of how this team has played. Um, it's been a pleasure going every game, um, every game I can make. They do have three games this weekend. Hopefully I can make uh, all three, considering it's uh, senior day on Sunday, actually, which is nuts. The season really flies by. Um, Justin, Bo- Justin Bosland was unconscious yesterday in the game. Uh, he was kind of like Josh Naylor of the Cleveland Guardians, who I'm going to talk about really quick. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians were down 8-2 uh, in the ninth inning to the White Sox a few nights ago. Naylor got up to the plate for the Guardians with bases loaded, two outs, down 8-4 in the top of the ninth. Hits a grand slam, tie- game-tying grand slam with two outs. Then comes back in the 11th inning to hit a three-run home run, uh, powering a huge comeback. Uh, I think this came from, I this article came from, uh, but I was just, you know, looking at it uh, to see how many RBIs he had. Uh, he had eight RBIs, um, and that was, I think it's the most late-inning RBIs. He had eight RBIs after the eighth inning, which is nuts. I don't think anyone's ever had eight RBIs after the eighth inning. Uh, he had a RBI double um, in the eighth inning, and then obviously, as I said, a grand slam, um, and then a home run, three-run home run, which is nuts. So grand slam, three-run home run. And the double, uh, RBI double in the eighth inning. Really impressive um, how clutch he was for the White Sox uh, in that game against the White Sox. Obviously, the Guardians ended up winning um, in the 11th inning after he hit that three run home run. Uh, they ended up shutting out the White Sox in that bottom half of the inning. Um, the White Sox did blow an 8 2 lead. Um, obviously, they had bullpen with Liam Hendricks. Uh, they spent money on him. Uh, and he gave up a big, he came in, I think when it was 8 4, and he gave up that grand slam. Um, so, Bosland is someone I wanted to compare to Naylor. Um, he finished yesterday's game three or four with five RBIs, including a grand slam. That's why I want to compare him. Coming up in a tough spot, down 4-2. Um, similar to Naylor, you know, the Guardians were down 8-4 in the top of the ninth with two outs. Yesterday, Bosland gets up to the plate. Northeastern down 4-2. Uh, I think it was one out, top of my head. Hits a grand slam. Uh, gives Northeastern a 6-4 lead. Northeastern never looked back after that. Um, he finished the game with five RBIs, three or four. He was unreal at the plate. Um, obviously, Considering the fact Northeastern lineup is so good, he's a nine-hitter, and they get that much production out of their nine-hitter, which is great. He's been hot um, of late. Danny Crossan was 2 of 5 in the game uh, with a pair of RBI singles. Um, Northeastern stole six bases yesterday, um, which, as I said, small ball really is just lost. It's a lost eye in the game of baseball um, now. Um, that fourth inning, though, is what I wanted to highlight really quick, um, where uh, Bosland hit that home run, the grand slam. That fourth inning started off with a big uh, single by Corey DiLoretto. He stayed hot, started the angle, uh, inning off with a single. Northeastern was down 4 to nothing, um, and then just used small ball to their advantage. And then obviously, Bosland getting up and hitting that grand slam was huge. Northeastern ended up winning that game. Uh, Jordy Allard and Owen Langan uh, pitched great out of the bullpen, closed out the last five innings of the game um, against UConn, only allowing one hit. I think it was only one base runner in the last five innings. So Northeastern was really a shutout team uh, at the end of that game. Uh, after the fourth inning, they kind of just took off and never looked back. Um, I'm excited to see how they do this weekend at home for senior weekend uh, with UNCW as their opponent. Um, U- Northeast is now 9-9 nine nine on the year, um, and they've recovered very well um, from their midseason struggles. I hopefully will be able to see Mike Sorota play if he's back this weekend. can only hope. Um, it'd be a big addition back to this Northeastern lineup. Uh, I would love to have him. Anyways, let me see if I can get Coach on the phone now. It's a pleasure having him come on. As I said, Everett High football coach. Um, he's the head coach there, so obviously he's seen a ton of talent over the years. He was an offensive assistant. 
Um, so we've seen, you know, guys like Lewisine, who was a first-round pick uh, in this draft, to uh, the Minnesota Vikings, Isaiah Likely, fourth-round pick to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, he's seen a ton of talent. Uh, it's a pleasure being able to talk to him at every single Northeastern baseball game. Really is a pleasure, as I said. Uh, the guy is knows everything about sports. He's a guru. Um, and being able to watch his son play, talk about how great a season Corey has had, um, truly is an honor. So thank you so much, Coach, for coming on. I'm going to give him a call right now. Um, he's as best as they come. Hey, Coach, what's going on? How are we doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm trying to get you on speakerphone. Hold on for a second. No worries. Take your time, Coach. Should this be just on audio or video? Uh, this is just audio, yes, sir. Um, in that top part, that second button is that speaker um, thing right there. If you hit that, it should be there. Second button on the top of the screen. But take your time. No worries. Yes, sir. I hear you. Perfect. All right. Perfect. There you go, Coach. Thank you so much for coming on. It truly is a pleasure. I'm happy we were able to coordinate this and get you on. Um, obviously, it's something uh, that we've talked about a ton over the last month or two. So thank you so much for coming on and taking the time. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Good night Absolutely. Hey, Corey, your son, congratulations. Had a big weekend. Um, CAA Player of the Week, congratulations. Uh, that's unreal. He's been playing great, huh? Absolutely. Um, Let's do it. Super proud of um, the connection we have between BC and Everett High School. And um, uh, wanted to chat with you a few minutes about that because um, being our athletes from Everett, um, heading off to schools like Boston College to continue their education and chase their dreams in football makes me, our staff, and the entire city very proud. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You guys, as you said, you have a great pipeline to BC. Lucas Dennis, um, Jason Matry, um, you got the Zamer brothers coming in, uh, both were commits. Uh, what's it like, though, being able to coach such a great high school football uh, program, especially, I mean, you had guys that went to Georgia, Lewis Seen, uh, Mike Sanders from Michigan. What's it like coaching such a prestigious um, high school football program?
was was going to bring him tremendous success, both in the classroom and on the athletic fields and um, on the football field at BC. Mm-hmm. And, and to see Jason now starting in the defensive backfield and has aspirations, I'm sure, of getting drafted, um, quite an honor. Um, so proud of Jason. Love him. He's just such a great kid and uh, making the entire city proud. And this fall I had a chance to – head over to Boston College with uh, Ish Samore, um and several other of our senior, present senior football players who are graduating in a few weeks. Um, and there was, a, I think it was like a recruiting night. Yep, and, they have those. Uh, it was against, actually against NC State, a Saturday night game. And uh, mm-hmm. we had some seats about 10 rows up behind the Boston College bench. And, and uh, to see, you know, Jason wave to us during the game and, uh, he was out there playing on ESPN, chasing his dreams, and um, and now to see a present senior at Everett, Ish Zamore, um, who'll be heading off to BC in the fall. Um, I've coached Ish for three seasons, and um, he was one of our captains at Everett this year, and he'll be a scholarship player in the fall at Boston mm-hmm. College, and he is just the epitome of leadership, and um, uh, BC's getting a tremendous young man in Ish. And uh, we know that he's going to make us and his family and himself very proud. And then the future for the connection of BC and mm-hmm. Everett is very bright, too. With uh, We have a rising junior, Ish's younger brother, Christian, yep. um, who is a tremendous, tremendous talent. Um, and uh, he'll, he has already committed to Boston College. So what a feather in the cap for the city of Everett and for our student-athletes uh, to see them uh, achieving such great things, both in the class and on the football field. Absolutely, yeah. As you said, Jason Matry, I, I had the chance, the pleasure of talking to him a few weeks ago, and he said you were his dog. He said he loved you. So it shows us a great football family there in Everett, which we've talked about before. There's a great family connection. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we do pride ourselves on having an Everett football family. We are a football family. We're a family in Everett, and we stick together, and uh, anybody who has uh, played for Everett, whether it was last year, five years, ten years, fifty years ago, it's a it's a bond and it's a family, and we take that we take that very seriously in the city of Everett. We we take our football very seriously, and um, we know the shoes that we all have to fill are very very big shoes, and um, but that challenges us. That challenges us as a family, to be the very best that we can be. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's a big motivating tool for our present players and our future players that, yeah, we have something that we need to uphold. And we're defending the honor of the E, and that has a lot of meaning uh, to all of us in the program. Absolutely. As I told you before, Everett High is the cream of the high school football crop. Truly great program. A lot of kids going to big schools, Michigan, obviously BC, like you mentioned, Lewisine went to Georgia. Um, so you just had a, a really good uh, program, a good uh, year, a class of nine college commits it was, correct? Sure. And in the NFL draft, as you said, Lewisine was drafted in the first round to yep. the Minnesota Vikings out of Georgia. He played in the national championship game. Yep. And um, he played in the semifinals. Uh, Georgia played Michigan in the semifinals, and Mikey Santasil, uh, who is a uh, 
junior out at Michigan now. Yep. Um, he, he played wide receiver, and we had two Everett, former Everett football players battling out battling it out on the football field against each other. Um, like, again, just some, something truly special. Now, Mikey's coming home. I spoke to Mikey the other day. He's coming home, and he's going to be running a one-day uh, football clinic at Everett Stadium on May 22nd. I on saw Sunday. that. Uh, he's calling it the Mikey Santasil uh, Versatility um, Clinic, and um, – We've, we're gonna, he's coming home, and he's, uh, this is what family's all about. He has a weekend. He's got one weekend away from Michigan, um, and uh, he's going to spend it giving back his time, helping the youth of Everett, and uh, motivating the young kids in this city to continue chasing their dreams. And uh, when I talked to Mikey the other day, I was most proud of the fact that they moved him now to defense from offense. DB. Uh, yeah, and it looks like he might be a two-way player, which is unheard of yeah. in, in college football at that level. And so he might be seeing reps on both sides of the ball. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and then on the second draft day, on that Saturday, we had a tight end uh, who played in Everett in the same team. We had Lewis Seen. We had Mikey Santosil. We had Jason Matry. They mm-hmm. Isaiah Likely. Well, yep. all on the state championship team that I, when I volunteered on the legendary coach John DiBiazzo, um, mm-hmm. and that's four, like that is just four kids who all were on the field at Gillette playing for Everett High School. Um, Isaiah uh, got drafted by the Baltimore Ravens, I think in the fourth Fourth round, round. yes sir, correct, yeah. fourth round. And uh, the, the Tuesday before the draft, uh, so what was it? Uh, two, three days before he was drafted. Four days before he was drafted. Yep. Uh, where was Isaiah? He was right back at Everett High School. So cool. Us. I got a chance to give him a big hug. He saw some kids on the team. He visited some teachers. Uh, again, just a humble young man who uh, who is headed for greatness. So um, you know, the, the, seeing the success of former Everett football players only motivates our present and future players to be the best they can be. Absolutely. It sends a great message. I mean, Lewis Seen actually just signed his contract today. Four years, just about $11 million with the Vikings. Uh, so it just shows you can go to Everett High, be a safety, be a cornerback, be a tight end, be any of them. Go on to a big school like Michigan, like Georgia, like BC, and then make the NFL. It's just a great message. And obviously, you know, Massachusetts football they don't get recruited enough as they should. And you guys are a staple in Massachusetts in recruiting, and you, you send kids to big schools. So what's that like, giving kids a chance to play college football after Everett High? Yeah, so that's one of, uh, that's one of our goals as a coaching staff and as a school community. Um, uh, working together, I work together with, uh, obviously, the administration uh, from the superintendent down to the principal through our athletic director and all of the teachers. It's a community effort, uh, especially through COVID, uh, keeping kids on track academically, mm-hmm. and keeping kids focused in the classroom, and then also giving our players the supports that they need and the, the tools that they need in order to succeed. Uh, that includes having, you know, state-of-the-art equipment. That includes our weight room uh, and supervision in the weight room. And it, it includes a dedicated uh, group of Pop Warner coaches and teachers and family members and assistant coaches that work with me that we all work 
together as a family, 12 months a year. Yeah, year round. Uh, in the recruiting process, because a big part of our goal in Everett is we focus on the importance of team. We focus on the importance of hard work and, and doing things the right way uh, on and off the field. But we also support our players. We support our players having their own identities. We want them to have goals. We want them to chase their dreams. We want mm -hmm. them to play for the E on the front of our jersey, but we also want them to play for their name as well. And so part of that is the recruiting process. And uh, so that's, that's year-round now. With social media and with technology, college coaches are constantly in touch uh, with high school coaches and high school players uh, across the state, I'm sure. And mm -hmm. uh, in, in our school, yeah, we work hard at that. Now, this year in particular, uh, we know we have a player going to Boston College. We have a player uh, going to be chasing his dreams at UMass Amherst. We have mm -hmm. a player going to Bentley. We have a player going to Stonehill. We have a player going to Framingham State. We have a player going to Lake Erie College, Franklin mm -hmm. Pierce, just to name a few. Yeah. Uh, we have a player going to Wilson uh, Prep School. So we had 10 players this year from our graduating class who will be receiving some sort of grant or scholarship money, whether it be full scholarship down to a half or whatever it might be, to further their education and chase their dreams playing football. And, and uh, when we had a signing day, uh, in February, yeah. I think it was, or January, I forget the day, but think January, yeah. signing day, uh, uh, there was nine players at that time who signed, and that was probably one of the proudest moments I've had as a coach, is to see uh, nine of our players signing their name to continue their education and chase their dreams at the collegiate level. And uh, as a parent, uh, as well as an athlete who plays college baseball, uh, there's nothing better than as a parent to see your children chase their dreams. And uh, mm -hmm. honestly, I treat these kids in Everett like they're my sons. I love them like they're my sons. So I take special pride in seeing our kids do well in the classroom and chasing their dreams. Absolutely. And coach, that's a testament to how great a coach you are, how great a motivator you are, how great a recruiter you are. Congratulations, nine college commits. As I just said, Massachusetts doesn't get enough looks as it should. Having nine commits, that really is a testament to how great a coach you are, how great you coach them, how great uh, you know you make them play, how great you make them work hard in the offseason. That's a testament to how great of a coach, a person you are, truly. Uh, these kids believe, trust in the Everett system. It really speaks uh, volumes to how great of a coach and person you are. So congratulations, Coach, on that. That's unreal. Well, I appreciate that, but um, trust me on this. I'm a small piece of the puzzle kids are doing the work the assistant coaches that we have work tirelessly to support our players and uh i try to just be the link that sort of binds the chain together and just try to be a positive role model and mentor for the kids and and uh we just work hard every day that's 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 my goal every day is uh to improve and to uh build relationships with our players and earn their trust and uh do whatever I can to help them in the next step, whatever that may be. And, uh, you know, sometimes the next step is just improving from day to day mm -hmm. uh, on the practice field or preparing for a game, uh, whatever it is. It's, it's not all about playing in college. That's a big part of it. 
Absolutely. And as I said, it truly does speak volumes how great of a coach you are. And I'm sure these kids, I hope, you know, I'll send you this link afterwards when that's up online. Send it to the kids, share it with the team. I'm sure they're going to love to hear it. Um, as we just said, you can go to Everett High, get a good education, play football, and then get another, get college education paid for if you get a full scholarship, have a chance to play in college football, and a chance to play in the pros. I mean, there's nothing better than that. It just speaks to how great of a coach you are. Obviously, next season, uh, going to be a big year. This will be your second season as head coach, correct? So it'll be my third season. Third season, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, in the fall was our first full, was my first full season. Because of the COVID year, yeah. The COVID season, uh, anybody who played or coached or was part of that COVID uh, uh, shortened season knows that every player worked so hard every single day. That was a season. It was a very special season for us. And mm-hmm. so... Uh, yeah, so it'll be my third season, but, you know, the second full fall. Uh, mm-hmm. And this was our first full year of off-season preparation. Uh, we're in, you know, what I would consider right now sort of the end of, like, a phase two of, of uh, three phases of preparation. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now uh, we are just working hard day-to-day in the weight room. We open our weight room up for our kids after school. Uh, mm-hmm. Four days a week, Monday to Thursday, and we encourage the kids who are not playing a spring sport to uh, lift with us, and we also do study hall after school once a week. There you so go. We're constantly around the kids, trying to uh, motivate them to uh, prepare. And the beauty of football, unlike most other sports, you know, kids nowadays coming up. We'll talk baseball in a minute. A lot of kids will play baseball all year round, yep. basketball all year round. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, football's one season. It's from August until Thanksgiving, and if you're lucky enough, you get to play the next week. And mm-hmm. that's the beauty of football is it, it has its limits to it. And the preparation for football is hard. It's weightlifting. It's grinding. Yeah. Uh, but we encourage our kids to play other sports. We want them to be coached by other coaches at the high school and we want them to compete in other sports and and do some weight training and lifting and mm-hmm. so they don't you don't you don't see kids really getting burned out in football because they only play 10 or 11 or 12 games a season mm-hmm. as opposed to uh you know a college baseball season is 50 games so yeah a lot of games and so that's that's one of the beauties of football is we know that in the off season if the kid wants to get better uh, he or she knows or they know that they have to really work hard on their strength and conditioning and take personal pride in mm-hmm. getting in the best physical shape possible for the uh, grind of a season because football's hard. Absolutely. And we talked about it before when I played Pop Warner, second, third quarter games, people would be gassed and out of breath. We've talked about before, me and you, how much you guys run at Everett, how much they're in the weight room. That's really important to have the conditioning. It is. It's a big part of the game is being able to keep up Third and fourth quarter, when you know the game's in the line, you got to make a play, you got to get a sack, you got to make a big play offensively. That's really important to have that conditioning. And clearly, you guys' off-season workouts, it works. It works, you know. Yeah, thank you. You know, our kids, uh, they work hard in the off-season, and right now, the culture um, in our program is very positive, and we are encouraging our players to encourage everyone in our program to come every day. Um, you know. 
we, we talk sometimes in high school sports about voluntary workouts versus mandatory workouts, so on and so forth. Well, the truth be told, every every day that any player plays a sport, that's voluntary. Mm-hmm. Nobody is forcing anybody to come to practice. Nobody's forcing anybody to play a sport. It's volunteer every day, and that's what we ask our kids to do. We don't want them to be just compliant. We don't want them to just show up and do what they're told. Mm -hmm. We want them to come, and we want them to give every ounce of energy that they have for two and a half hours a day and push, push the envelope, make themselves better, and strive for excellence, right? Strive yeah. for perfection, but go. for excellence. And and that starts with getting up in the morning, getting to school on time, you know, going to all their classes, trying their best in the classroom, and getting on the, the football field with us uh, and working yeah. hard every single day. Like, that's one of the things that we try to pride ourselves on is effort, is mm-hmm. giving our best effort all the time. And when you do that, at the end of the day, the wins and losses, the wins sort of fall in place when when, when you have a group of, of kids who collectively set goals and set high standards for themselves and work tirelessly to achieve those goals. Absolutely. And you guys do better than any other school with that. You keep the kids in the classroom. Obviously, education is a big part of you know getting to college football. you got to have the grades. And you obviously, with the study hall and the off-season, during the season, that motivates the kids to get their work done. And as I said, it's a testament to how great a coach, how great a program you guys have over there in Everett. And you should be proud of that. That really is, uh, is, is a success story in its own, getting kids from Massachusetts into college programs. It speaks to how great of a program you guys have. proud of it. And, uh, and we, we know that uh, there is no one person that's responsible for it. It starts with the kids and their families. Our players, their families, the teachers, it's a, and our coaches and our administration. It's a team effort. It really is mm-hmm. a collective team effort, and we're super proud of it, and we're going to hope that we continue it. Absolutely. And like you said, I mean, it's a year-round job for you. So even when you're at Northeastern's baseball games in North Carolina, when they're playing NC State, you're still preparing, making sure the guys are in, you know, the, in the weight room after school. I'm sure you're, I mean, you're the offensive coordinator, too. You call plays. So that's a big job on its own. You have a year-round job just trying to figure out a playbook. You know, that's a lot. <laughs> yes. I mean, anyone who coaches high school athletics now is committed to uh, – uh, they're coaching 12 months a year. Uh, it's that's that's just part of the it's part of the job, and we embrace it as coaches. Uh, we we are always up for the challenge as coaches, and and um, personally, I don't really consider it work because I just love I love I love the practices. I love the preparation. Um, I, I, I love that, and I, and 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 making connections with with players uh, in the city that I grew up in is very very special. So yeah, it's uh, it's all good mm-hmm. right now, and let's hope that you know the the, the, keep, the positives keep on rolling. We'll Absolutely. <laughs> And hey, all of this, as I said, all of this radio show next year, I told you this before, and after every single game, you have a big game, big guy you want to spotlight or whatever on the show, I'd love to have you come on, them come on anytime, you're always welcome, and I'm happy I have this platform where I can talk about how great of a program you guys have over there, because as I said, I mean, they cover you guys in the paper a lot, but being able to talk to you on the radio, I think that brings a different uh, feeling to it, and you can have a kid come on and you know talk about how great of a season you guys have had, and you come on and talk about it, I feel like that um, is something that can really get the word out there since social media... Spotify, you know, podcasts 
it was a big ways, the radio, uh, to get things out there. So I'd be more than happy to always have you come back on and talk about uh, you yeah. know, your season. And this is a pleasure is, is just having you come on and talk about the off season. You know, this well, is a pleasure, you. truly. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, um, and I also know that, you know, you have a strong connection to co- college sports, and I know you're a big college baseball fan. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be – I want to give a shout-out to the Northeastern Baseball Program as well. Absolutely, yeah. Um, that team is working really hard, and they seem to be coming together right now. And, and I'm a proud parent of uh, one of the players on the team, uh, I know you've mentioned Corey in the past, and, mm-hmm. uh, and so to see the team now sort of uh, get through the ebbs and flows of the season, and and hopefully they're going to have a strong May now. They uh, every game is a high stakes game for this team going forward, and uh, let's hope that they they bring it. They Absolutely, bring it. this That's weekend. Be the key to success for them is to bring their effort. And intensity every single game going forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so you've been to every game this year too, which is uh, unreal as a parent being able to go to every game. I'm sure Corey loves it. I know I loved when I saw my parents in the stands. It always brought uh, something extra. I always wanted to play stronger since I knew they were there watching. What's it been like to be at every game this year? Yeah, so it's been uh, a joy. Uh, it, it's the best way for me to, to, to say it's I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be able to uh, – have the time and uh, to get to see the team, and obviously uh, to see my son chase his dream, and to see my son play the sport that he loves. And uh, when uh, he, if there's no place I'd rather be than watching my kid play sports. And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, it, it's been an incredible run um, for the past five years to watch them play, but. This year, I made I made sure that I put some uh, money aside so that I could travel. I saved up as much as I could so mm-hmm. that I could travel and get on the road and watch the team and uh, and be there to support my son uh, and just you know love him and and show him by uh, my support how much I love him. Absolutely, and his return to the lineup has been huge for this team. Uh, you know, seven and one in the last eight games. They needed his bat. Obviously, you went to Hofstra this past weekend. You saw his four or five game. What was that like being there? Yeah, so um, when uh, we got to, when I got to Hofstra that Friday morning, they they played Friday morning, and uh, because of the weather, really did not know what to expect. Uh, Corey really has been battling through a, a pretty significant injury to his left thumb. He made a, a, a nice catch Highlight real catch. weeks ago back, and uh, he bent his thumb underneath his hand, and the ligament that mm. attaches your thumb to your wrist basically popped. Yeah, and, uh, gruesome. Tore, and so it needs to be surgically repaired. Uh, and so uh, the doctor had basically had let him know that his season was over, and... Um, and Corey wouldn't take no for an answer. He worked, he rested it, he did rehab, he worked with the trainers at North, uh, Northeastern and uh, got a brace, like a half-cast, and just worked as hard as he could to get himself back into the lineup. And so when we went down to Hofstra, I really didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, we were hoping that he would square some balls up and just compete at the plate. And yeah. Simple. 
Uh, and as I said, the weather was really bad. I was surprised they played because it was almost a misty rain the entire yeah, game. But I saw. his first at bat, he got a hold of a ball and hit a nice home run. And I think that just set the tone for him for the game. And uh, he had a couple of doubles and singles. But, you know, the, the team really, that particular game, the ball was popping off of the bats of all the guys yeah. in the lineup. And, uh, and so uh, it was nice to see the kids really have a good offensive explosion. And uh, let's hope that that sets the tone for the rest of the season. Because mm-hmm. one thing about Northeastern baseball, those kids, uh, they play hard for Coach Glavin. And yep. They're a blue-collar team. That's why I love watching Northeastern play. Uh, just like Everett High School is yeah. a blue-collar football program. Yep, hustle. I love to see gritty baseball players. And, uh Absolutely. And so Corey, as you said, was four or five. Costello was three or five um, in that game. I feel like Corey's home runs, you know, he had a home run against NC State earlier in the year. All his home runs are perfectly timed where the team needs a big play, a big hit. Obviously, this home run against Hofstra starting off that game with a home run. Northeastern needed, especially, you know, since we've been struggling the CAA this season. Um, and you also went to the NC State series. You saw his home run uh, down there. What was it like going to that? Because you went to you know, a big ACC school uh, to see them play. Yeah, so at that time, uh, NC State was ranked in the top 10 in the country. Yep. They were in the College World Series last year, so uh, the atmosphere was electric. Uh, they play in front of big crowds uh, down in, it's in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yep. And uh, uh, so, yeah, and so our Northeastern team, uh, they played fearless that weekend. Um, and, um I was so proud as a parent to see how hard the kids at Northeastern played because uh, they, they actually swept NC State, and and they did it the way baseball should be played. They did it playing great defense, bunting, stealing, running, timely hitting. Striking guys out. player and every coach and every pitcher contributed in each and every game. And, yeah, Corey hit a bomb home run in one of the games and was very mm-hmm. happy for that, for him, to see him see some success. But I was more happy to see this team play fearless, you know, the underdog. That mentality always helps in sports when you know you're going into somebody yep. else's backyard and they're the favorite and they're supposed to beat you. And then you go down there and you literally punch them in the mouth, figuratively, <laughs> I guess, not literally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, come out of there with a sweep was incredible. It yeah. Was, uh, it really, I think, um, really just added again. It, it solidified how strong the Northeastern baseball program really is. Definitely. And as I said to you before, I mean, they were, I was talking to Mike Sirota's father along with you that first game I met you guys. And I remember saying to both of you that all over Twitter, everyone was talking about Northeastern baseball and the college baseball landscape. And I follow a lot of, you know, college baseball Twitter accounts and everything. And Northeastern baseball was the talk of that weekend with how great they played against NC State. Even game one, after that, everyone was talking about them. Then they won games two and three. Obviously, the pitching was elite. I mean, they, I think they had three earned runs, uh, the starting pitching in all three games, just nuts. That that whole series just showed how great and how promising this season uh, really was going to be. Obviously, they had some injuries and stuff in the middle, so the record isn't as great as Northeastern wanted it to be. But they should be proud of how great of a season they've had, considering all the tough opponents they've played. You know, UConn twice, NC State three times, Clemson three times. 
uh, Penn State once, BC twice, played a lot of big schools, a lot of big programs, and they're not afraid. And that just speaks to how great our coach Glavin is, how great the players are, how gritty, how much work they put in. Obviously, Corey, they have a lot of veterans on the team. Costello, Corey, Baudet, uh, a lot of veterans on the team. I uh, think they, they can keep things staying in the right direction even when things are down. And that's what you need in every team. Football, basketball, you need veterans. Yeah, agreed. I mean, baseball's a marathon. A lot of sprints, and uh, this team got off to such an incredible start playing back-to-back weekends in NC State and Clemson. And then um, they, they hit some adversity. They um, they had some trouble scoring some runs. They had some uh, injuries that yeah. plagued them. And, uh, but right now they're sitting at 9-9 nine and nine in the conference. Yep. Six huge conference games remaining. Yeah, huge. Two weekends. Need it. Which is going to make or break their season. Yeah. And um, if they finish strong these next two weekends, they'll be heading into that conference tournament in the end of May down in Elon with a chance to get a bid in the NCAAs just like last year. Yeah. Uh, but if they don't perform, then, then it's over in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So for all intents and purposes, uh, they're in the tournament now. And, and that's like you love to see. You want to see kids compete. Me as a coach and as yeah. a father, like I want to see my son compete. Yeah. I want to see how he handles this this adversity, this challenge. I want to see how he can play through an injury. Absolutely. I want to see how tough he is because it's just a sport. It's not real life. Absolutely. But these, but these values and these character traits do translate to real life because sooner or later he's going to be faced with some real life issues mm-hmm. and I want him to handle it with compassion, with integrity, and with effort. And that's what he does. For all, you know, all, these kids, all the young kids that are playing sports, that's what sports really teaches you. It's, it is a microcosm of real society. But the beauty of it is it's just a win and a loss, and it's just a game. It's not real life. But mm-hmm. sooner or later, the real life does happen. And you want to see kids use the same type of self-control, the same type of, of values and effort and desire that they use on the football on the football field or athletic fields, baseball, whatever it yeah. be, you want to see them use those same character traits in the real world. And that's, that's what makes parents and coaches proud, is when you see players doing that. Absolutely. In this series, this weekend coming in, UNCW – Obviously, a team that's you know just above five. I think they're five games over five hundred. Um, big weekend for Northeastern baseball. Obviously, it's senior weekend too. Uh, potentially the last three games. I know Corey um, still has a year or two after eligibility. Uh, Costello, I think he might even be have a year left or not. But this is a big series, and there's no better time for them to to hopefully win another two games in conference. This is a big weekend coming in. So, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Hopefully, a big uh, a big weekend series. This team really needs it. Sure, I think the weather's supposed to be beautiful. Yep, 80. And um, last year, um, if I'm not mistaken, Northeastern uh, uh, beat UNCW in the bid for the NCAA tournament. Yes, you're right. So uh, this is going to be some uh, really intense uh, college baseball. Uh, two teams that are going to be well coached, that are going to be prepared. The weather's going to be nice finally. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy watching it, and I'll be 
I'll be cheering for both. You know, I obviously cheer for Northeastern, but I always cheer for both teams. I cheer, I cheer to see young men in this sport, mm-hmm. young women. And when I watch women's college sports, and, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I want to. I, I cheer for them. I, I cheer for everyone because one thing that's common. Everybody's chasing their dreams. That's and, it. Uh, I love to see that. It's it, college sports and high school sports are sports in its purest form, and that's what I love about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you just said it perfectly. Uh, you always want to root for everyone. Obviously, every kid's playing college baseball. A lot of kids have the dream of going pro and playing in the MLB or, or getting drafted. So just being able to watch kids, especially Division One Northeastern, uh, obviously has put guys into the pros now the past few years, uh, guys getting drafted. It truly is an honor being able to go to Northeastern games. You're seeing guys, uh, Mike Sirota was drafted out of high school. You see a lot of guys that have the chance of making it big. Um, and just like you said, the other team as well, you, you root for a good game, which I like that, Absolutely. Coach. You know, we, it, it, there's no one else that knows sports like you do. Um, so I love that quote that you said that you, that you root for both teams. You're not wrong, though. You do want to see people succeed, and uh, I can tell that. I, you know, Watching every game and breaking down every game right next to you. We sit right next to each other. It's truly an honor and a pleasure being able to go to every game with you. And hopefully this weekend we get two or three big wins. I think two and one would be great on the weekend. If we get all three, I'd love it even more. Yeah, it would be great, and we'll see. And, uh, yeah, so uh... – Forward to it. Absolutely. Anything else you want to add, Coach? No, that was it. I just want to say thank you uh, to you for inviting me and uh, the, the, the support that you show for mm-hmm. uh, college athletics. I, I wish uh, um, you a tremendous amount of success in your in future endeavors in this career. I feel like I hmm. hope that this is something you pursue. It seems to me like you have a true passion for I do. Um, sports entertainment, and mm-hmm. I think you're really good at it, Joey. So. Um, chase your dreams, buddy, and uh, I hope to see you over the weekend, okay, pal? Thank you so much, Coach. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the kind words. It truly means a lot. Right. Thank you so much for coming on. You're the best. All right, buddy. I Come appreciate on. it. Have a great night. Thank you. Bye-bye. There you have it right there, Coach Rob DiLoretto, Everett High Football. Obviously, we touched a lot on the Everett High Football program and how great a program uh, they have over there on Everett, um, but it was honestly an honor being able to have him come on and talk about Northeast of baseball since he's been at every single game this year. Um, he hasn't missed one game, uh, really is uh, the biggest sports guru I know. He knows everything about every sport. We can talk baseball, we can talk hockey, uh, you know, we talked about the Frozen Four Tournament a little, we talked Northeast of Baseball, uh, we talked college football, we talked the NFL, the Patriots. He really knows everything. He knows everything about movies and sports, and uh, I wish I got into Leonard Skinner because his son's walk-up song is Simple Man by Leonard Skinner, my dad, big fan of Leonard Skinner, um, as is Corey and as is Rob. Um, and that's the thing, though. In being able to go to the games and watch Corey uh, and all the Northeastern players is an honor uh, since I love college baseball. I love Northeastern baseball. But being able to talk to Coach Rob at every game is an even higher honor. Um, and it's nothing short um, of a dream being able to talk sports with anyone. I love talking sports. It's a dream being able to talk here in the studio and being able to talk to him, a guy that's so successful in sports, has a son that plays college baseball, um, is the head coach of kids of multiple kids playing Division One football, going on to play D- Division One football. Uh, it's truly an honor having him coming on, um, and I really look forward to having him come on. Hopefully in the future, Northeast has a big weekend uh, series, as I said against UNCW. Not too sure what we're going to do over the summer. We'll probably still cover some Celtics on this uh, while they're still in the playoffs. So we may upload some episodes, um, but we'll definitely keep you guys posted. Uh, thank you so much again, Coach Rob, for coming on. Uh, hopefully you can show all the Everett High football kids. Uh, this video, hopefully I'll send it along to Matry too, and he can hear it um, and hear you come on since he said you were his dog, which I love. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening in this whole semester. It truly was an honor. 
Uh, I love talking sports, as, as Rob said. Uh, hopefully, I would have a future in this. This would be a dream of mine. Um, but I just want to give a lot of shout-outs. Shout-out to all my family, uh, my, fa- my mom, my dad, uh, my whole family, all my brothers and my sisters. Thank you guys so much for listening in every week. Uh, the whole Keith family, the Loftus family. Uh, I, I can go on for days. Auntie Lisa, uh, my Uncle Frankie, Cub, Frankie John, Teresa, uh, Dora, thank you for listening in for every episode. Told you I'd give you a shout-out. Uh, Mark Walsh, thank you for always coming on. All my boys from home. Um, Joey Hosey came on this year. That was an honor. Um, you know, Christian and JD came in last week to talk about our softball season. Uh, Chris Cotillo came on earlier in the year. The sports guru, Mike Hurley, can't forget him. Uh, really being able to have all these people come on uh, and listen to our show every single week. The whole Loftus family, you know, Matt calling in and Timmy giving me the text every week. Both Timmy's giving me the text. It really is an honor being able to have this platform and be able to talk sports since I love it so much. I wouldn't be able to do it without you guys. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen in. Um, I had my boy uh, Stephen calling earlier earlier in the year about AIC hockey, and I being the biggest fan of them over the course of the season. So uh, really is great being able to be in the studio. I will miss it. I'm going to do something over the summer, so I'll keep you guys posted. But thank you guys so much again um, for listening in every week, week in and week out. Um, and hopefully next year we'll be back on again, talking sports as we always do. Um, but thank you guys. Hope you guys stay safe and stay well. Hope you have a great summer until we talk and meet again. Um, and thank you guys, as I said, uh, really does mean the world to me. So thank you. Uh, and lastly, as I've done the last few episodes, last four or five now, uh, my thoughts and prayers are with the Ukraine. Hopefully by the time we're back on, whenever I you know, do something during the summer, hopefully things are over then, um, things are better then. My thoughts and prayers are with them and their families. Um, special shout out again to Coach Rob. Thank you again, Coach. I'll send you this video. I appreciate it, guys. Have a great night. Enjoy yourselves. Stay safe and stay well. Thank you. Can't forget my last shout out. Have to open this back up. Uh, shout out to Jet Boston, uh, April at Jet Boston. That was one of my original shout outs, maybe my first one. Um, shout out to Jet Boston. They do great work. If anybody's in the need of uh, fitness, uh, trying to get in shape, trying to gain muscle, go check them out. They're great at what they do. Um, truly is an honor, though. Thank you guys again for listening. I really appreciate it. One last quick shout out. The whole O'Malley family, I might have mentioned. I, I honestly forget if I did or didn't. So I just want to make sure I came back on. Shout out to the whole O'Malley family. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Uh, my godfather, Tommy, uh, week in and week out, he's always texting me, just like Maureen and Mickey. Thank you guys so much uh, for listening in. And if anybody needs any personal products, such as creams, sprays, hair tonics, shoe deodorizers, Tommy is the guy you should check out on Instagram, Zaddy Earth, Z-A-D-D-Y. Earth, E-A-R-T-H. He's great at what he does. He has his own business. Everything's handmade in Brooklyn. Uh, he has hand sanitizers, as I said, creams, sprays, hair tonic, moisturizers. He's great at what he does. Please go check him out. Uh, he really is the best at what he does, and I truly am uh, proud of everything he's been doing uh, with his own business now over the past uh, year and a half just about. So thank you, Tommy, again for listening in. Thank all of you guys for listening in this whole entire semester. As I said, uh, I thank all of you guys again, uh, you know, already a ton in, in the end of this episode, but thank you guys again, as I said at the beginning. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Coming into the studio was an honor. Uh, me and Zach both really enjoyed it. Um, truly is great having you guys always listen in. We really do appreciate it. Hope you guys have the best summer. Stay safe and well. Looking forward to being back at it again soon. Thank you guys. God bless.